Olympus in a Zag or a pipe. It's quite expensive, so you better smoke it right. Get a few niggas to fade. Find a cut, a jerk in a shake. And like me, belongs to a meal. Grab a 40 with the dank, cause it's time to get ill. It's better than crack cocaine. Welcome to another episode of the Happy Hour Show Bay Area. My name is Mikey Slacks, and along with me are... It's the overtime. This one, man, is is uh, it's long overdue personally for me, uh, and we've been trying to catch up, but the planets aligned and everything for tonight, so uh, this one was really meant to be. This one is really for the 415. We got Black Sea, yes, RBL Posse yes, in the building, yes, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Frisco we legends. We got to get in touch for that. We yeah. Yeah. Salute. He, he already said the recent readers is a pro. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you look like I might be mean and reef you in a minute. <laughs> Gotta start off by saying you are a living rap god, San Francisco Facts. legend. Definitely. And I just wanna thank you for giving us the time to get this interview. And I just hope that the Happy Hour Show can do some justice because your story, uh, the group story, um, and as you can even see, we have your new book out right new now. Book, new book. Your new ventureship into into authorhood. Hey man, man, I think we sure. just gotta we gotta tip that. We gotta tip the Appreciate that. Real. Appreciate that, man. Um, but before we get there, uh, one of the things that we like to do here on the show is like we like to go on a timeline. Mm -hmm. I think we gotta start, you know, from the beginning. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah. Let's go. For those that don't know the story, aren't familiar with mm -hmm. the whole nine, you know, maybe give them a little feeling. I mean, 30 years in the game. That's it. It's a story to tell. And still collecting new fans daily. For real. You know what I'm saying? For real, so, man. It's a blessing. Uh, Growing. I think that, you know, all us being city boys, right. you know, uh, <laughs> San Francisco, you know, let's talk about you growing up in that 80s, 90s, early 90s, you know, mm -hmm. child to, you know, teenage years. I think that's pivotal to to the story. So let's talk about you growing up in San Francisco at that time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm uh, born and raised in uh, Frisco. Well, let me say I was born and mom went into labor in Berkeley. You know, but I came home. <laughs> you know, yeah, she went in labor. Over the original, yeah, bridge, the original section. Yeah, for real, yeah. She went in labor, born in Alta Base Hospital, but then, you know, came back across the Sorry water. Sorry to the town. You know, yeah, yeah, man. You know, definitely went stand over there. You know, no, you know, no love lost. But uh, yeah, uh, like I say, raised in Hunters Point by way of Harbor Road, you know, a little block looking right over to Oakland, right on the yeah, edge of the water up right up there, man. Nice view concrete jungle yeah, up on the hill, mm -hmm. you know? And um, yeah, uh, I, like I said, uh, that neighborhood, man, I was blessed to be, to, to be, you know, from that neighborhood, man. Cause it was like a big old family up there, right. you know, eighties, you know, seventies, eighties, you know, it was big old family pops ran a gambling shack on Hunters Point Boulevard, we'll you know, over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doing the staying pool hall with the gambling going on with the dice and the whole nine and, um, yeah, like the whole neighborhood was was like one big family. You know, moms ain't around. You got, you know, Mama Rose or Mama Joyce or whoever, mm -hmm. you know, looking out for you the whole nine. So, um, and a lot of friends up there, man. You know, and back then we had like the Hunters Point Boys Club. Right. You know, we can go up there, learn how to pool, build you know, them little cars, the little wooden yeah. cars yeah. that you're rolling yeah, down the it. tracks, the whole nine. We was blessed to have the Hunters Point <laughs> Gym. You know, uh, it was it was a good era, man. From with flag football, the whole nine. You know, I was heavy into the sports, getting boy of the year. You know, playing uh football in the whole nine. Um, what position? I'm wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, DB, yeah. You know? yeah man, wide receiver <laughs> to DB the whole nine. You know, so yeah, had fun up there. Plus, we just played in the neighborhood. Whoever right. get the ball, get tackled the whole yeah. nine. You know, it <laughs> tough. You know, concrete grass don't matter where. Different man was. Young, growing up, learned, you know, skates down the hill, right. sparks flying up, <laughs> skates with no rubber on them. The whole, I mean, we did it all up there, man. It was, I was blessed to be around the friends I had and, and the people I was That's around. What's the time I, I, I heard in, in some, some interviews, and I heard you say that um, it's such a city thing. And I don't know if you guys started mm -hmm. it in your area, in your era, or it was something that you guys learned too, but. Getting out of the neighborhood and like you say, going out to yeah, Fifth Ward and Nine, we were told the Diamond Heights, oh, yeah. the whole city. Because San Francisco, like like even before in the '60s and '50s, even 
we talking about the Japanese camps, everything oh, yeah, in the 30s man, and 20s. Real, San Francisco man. has always been historically yeah. a city of mixed races. Oh, yeah, sir. Yeah. Yeah. From his yeah, sir. Wherever Munich went, that's where you were at. So, yeah. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about that, because I mean, even to yeah. this day, kids still do that type shit. Like, oh, yeah, you know? of course. I mean, now, we ventured <laughs> off. We stayed at Pier 39, whether we was going down there, you know, getting in the juvenile delinquent shit stealing or whatever going, going to the hey, was y'all the, 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 the original bippers the original bippers hey, <laughs> we was for bikes and stuff no, we, we, get that bike. new. <laughs> we, we was taking them bikes and stuff though you know man we we adventure off to the cow palace you know what I mean and, oh, yeah, and going yeah. in there sneaking into circuses or whatever they may be yeah, having up there uh, man yeah, yeah rodeos whatever it may be you know we going off to uh like I said Pier 39 Presidio just we just get on the bus and just and travel, you know what seven I mean? Seven by for seven, just sure. Yeah, oh, just, just yeah. ride, you know what exactly. I mean? And it was, like I said, we it was definitely, we was definitely blessed to be able to grow up around. Like, Seriously, it was a lot of man. Samoans in our neighborhood, right. Asians. Shout out to the Uzi. You know yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, man, we grew up with them, like, brothers, Family. man. Oh, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. it was our brothers, for man. Sure. A bunch of them in our neighborhood. To, and, this, um, to, to this very day. Yeah, to this very day. day. That's in the city. Time, you know right? what I mean? I ain't seen too many Samoans like, you know, like any other mm. any other place like it is in Frisco, man, and, and our projects and stuff, man. It's, you know, we grew up as family up there. And uh, you know, I was blessed to just just grow up around that and, and be able to, you know, go on ventures with, with people like my guy Simi and them and my boy Jay and them who here with me, like us just yeah. venturing off young kids, like seven, 16, 15, mm -hmm. like heading up to Reno. We got an older guy that could drive a car. He's <laughs> been yeah. able to experience that, yeah. you know what I mean? Leaving out the neighborhood yeah. and not just being trapped right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, it was lovely. I think then, you know, obviously we get, or, late 80s and 90s, you know, crack pandemic, all yeah. over the nation, mm -hmm. you know, and, yeah. you know, cracking down, pre-Clinton, mm -hmm. locking people up. Mm -hmm. We see the dismemberment of the family household, like you say, right? Yeah. So, we know, we out there, we're doing adolescence and you find your way into, into some troubles. And you mentioned going up up to the up to the to the log, log cabin. cabin. Yeah, 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 yeah. I really go in depth in the book, but I'm going to speak on it. Like, we, once that crack hit, I say, like, 87 is when I kind of got, I say 86 is when I kind of got introduced right. to it. You used to have to get it, put it in the little shaker bottle. You used to have to, at first it was like buying Coke. You mix it, go to the record shop, get the little vials, soda. you know, put your little baking soda, <laughs> B12 or whatever it is, and you rock it up in a little bottle and go out there and, sh and, and do it yourself. So we kind of started off kind of slanging bammer weed. That's where we all kind of started from. We was getting like the little bammer weed. I think that's weed. so funny Ooh, for, the, for, the, for the global <laughs> hit. We were pushing the bammer packs up there. You, you know the Scotty I mean? not too high? Yeah, Reggie man. Bush? When you, when, you, when, you, when you actually wrote the song, were you just like looking back on your, just laughing about it? Like, <laughs> yeah, No, really, because that's what was out at the time. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But yeah, once like once that chronic hit, yeah, it was different. Yeah, you know what I mean? Once that, yeah, once that, yeah, that hard shit yeah, once that hard shit hit, it was a little bit different. It was like, yeah, man, that that bammer, you know, that bump. We, we <laughs> don't smoke that no more. more. You know what I mean? That was the word, huh? Let you on that chewy. You know what I mean? Like my boy Dre Dog. Let you on that chewy. Then you might need some of that. But uh, now nah, we we graduated from that, man. Like all my guys in the neighborhood, we was all it was like a harbor was like a weed turf mainly, and then uh, yeah, like crack just kind of. One of our youngsters who we deal with, we just start seeing him really come up. You know what I mean? And uh, we what was like, man, we can't get him. What you doing? Like, he's eating right now. You're the one making like, the money. You know what I mean? He's getting big money. Yeah, so. yeah, so we graduated, man. And all of us start getting into the crack and, and that's when them cases start hitting. Like, when we were selling weed, none of us was really going to jail. But when we got into that crack, you know, that's when it, it, it got crazy. It seemed like they were mad that you were making real money. They yeah. started trying to do the whole three strikes. Yeah. Well, not even just that. Time. Crack, like, you know, that really turned people into real addicts. Whereas weed, you know, that don't it really affect people that day. Exactly. Yeah. That's real talk. Yeah. That's real talk. You really got different type of clientele coming through now. You know what yeah. I mean? You got, you know, dope fiends trying to burn off on you and the mm -hmm. whole nine. So you're catching them at the top, you know, and, you know, shootouts, you guns now, you grabbing guns and the whole nine. and. All through during during that era, you know, then you know that a lot of graduated to yeah. you know the, the funk popping off because now right. you got dudes with guns and everybody yeah. turfing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, now you, your hood politics get involved, and from there, you know, it's crazy. Colors hit, and it was crazy. crazy. I was about to say those, those, the starter jackets <laughs> hit too. I mean, but, yeah, yeah. turf jackets yeah. was what's, real. Yeah. What's really yeah. mind what's really mind boggling about the whole situation is y'all like in the age 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 bracket of like. 
12 to 16. Yeah, we was young, so, like, man, out there. You know, like, today, really like, y'all, y'all doing grown man shit. At, yeah, at, at, at we was. Time, when right? I look back on it now, I be like, man, I can't picture my son doing the shit I'm doing. Man, that's crazy. Like, he, I can't see him, like, you know, he, he 13, finna be 14. I'm like, man, the stuff I was doing 13, 14, I can't even imagine. <laughs> I can't even, but, you know, you know, single, you know, single parent home, you know, mom's there by herself, you know. Yeah. And it she was just control a, three boys. You it know? was a real different era back then, you know. Like, a, lot of, a lot of the youngsters grew up real fast. Real fast, yeah. man, during that era, man. That, that's really true. And, you know, we, mom's at work. She bought, you know, single parents. She going to work at Bank of America. We come home and we got the house to ourselves yeah. and we able to do whatever. <laughs> Hey, your we mom running around getting into it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 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 You're thinking about it, you mm -hmm. come in, you know, Budweiser, a lot of people yeah. in the neighborhood that's buzzing, you know, you kind of generate to the music. Let's right. talk, let's talk a little bit about that time period. Yeah, um, yeah, I went to the ranch in 89, and uh, I was supposed to go to YA, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? I was on my way, I got caught with all, man, hella guns and, you know, drugs and the whole nine, but, you know, I had a little money at the time, was able to get a good lawyer. Different uh, Yeah, right. and uh, shout out to my boy, a real Thomas lawyer. Mayfield. A good lawyer. You know, yeah. <laughs> big Mayfield. I, you know, I had dudes in the community, too. You know, Lefty Gordon from over there at Hamilton and Fillmore, he was looking out, and uh, my boy Thomas Mayfield, Big Mayfield, they came to court and spoke on my behalf to help me get to, uh, you know, not, instead of me going to YA, for like three years, they was able to get me in that little year program in Log Cabin. <clears throat> but yeah, while I was up there, Kugna was cracking, you know, I'm rolling and scandalous, all that stuff mm. was out. So we we was up there heavily into Kugna music. And um, yeah, from there, that was kind of like when I, I was, you know, I, I wasn't into music then, but you know, I was just like surprised to hear somebody from our, our from Frisco, like who yeah. popping, like putting exactly. on for the city. Yeah. So. I, I was proud, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, just coming home in uh, 90, when I got to the transition home and the whole nine, Budweiser came to me because he was dabbling with it. Yeah, he Because he was kind of going against his dude. He got his name from going against his dude named the Miller uh -huh. in Sunnydale, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> Miller and, and really the Miller wasn't really, now that I uh, think about it today, after talking to I think LC and them, they were saying like the Miller name was really Millard, Millard or something. He wasn't uh, off the Miller beer. Yeah, we yeah. thought it was the Miller beer. It, but yeah. Yeah, it was just really the Miller. It was the <laughs> Miller, but we thought he was calling himself the Miller. So <laughs> Budweiser like, man, you know, they from Sunnydale. I'm from Hunters Point. I'm finna be Budweiser. I'm going to be Budweiser. <laughs> yeah, already. <laughs> Budweiser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's how Budweiser. <laughs> I came about time. getting his name started, trip. so we, so Fuck he, Miller, I'm over here. Fuck that highlight. Real talk. I'm the king. The time, his name ain't even Miller, like the beer. It's Millard or something like that. Oh, you talking about the homies, you know, being on, you know, having hits, you know, and you kind of like getting into it a little bit and then teaming up with Budweiser. Mm -hmm. And then I believe you. He told you, you know, just just invest when he rock. Yeah, with yeah. I was just getting equipment. I really wasn't rapping or didn't care for rapping. I just went. Uh, I just was a, like a money producer man. Producer route, kind of. Like yeah, well, I didn't even go. I wasn't even trying to produce. Uh -huh. like executive produce. Got you. You know, not as far as being like a music producer or nothing. Uh -huh. I had my guy Double B, who who was supposed to be the producer. He said he knew how to work all the equipment. He was the one like, yeah, I know what to get. He did know what to get, but he didn't know how to work any So you're basically equipment. just trying to contribute. Yeah, yeah I was just buying the equipment because I had the money. Yeah, you know what I mean? sure. Story, yeah. He was the investor. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. I got that hustle. Yeah, that's why Bill was asking me to, you know, to, 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 to actually uh, contribute because, you know, I was the one hustling and, Man, you know, I was moves. always getting money, you know, right. driving and having cars at like 14, 15, mm. Skylarks and stuff, yeah. hiding them, parking them around the corner for my mom yeah. and stuff, you know what I mean, <laughs> doing things like that. So, hey, yeah. So, sorry to cut you mm -hmm. off, but looking back now, like, mm -hmm. does that shit blow your mind? Uh, yeah. I think about my son, old he is right now. He's from high school, picture him doing that. I can't. You gotta think back, like. She walked past every morning not knowing that shit. You have to. Think back about that type of stuff in order to write a book about it. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. Real talk, real talk, real talk, man. 
but yeah, I was, I was an investor and, um, yeah, I ended up, uh, getting the equipment to the house and letting none of them know what they was doing, man. <laughs> Nobody. And I bought the stuff from the pawn shops. You know, the pawn yeah, shops. Yeah, the same name. You need the doctor rhythm boss me. Like he knew the stuff to get though. He knew exactly what to get. I will give double B that. He knew everything to get. But he bought all the equipment, but you forgot the instruction manual. Oh yeah, it didn't come with the pawn shop. You didn't get no manual. You'd be lucky. You'd be lucky to get a manual. That's what they were saying. Right, right. Where you get it from? I got it. Yeah. <laughs> so Word is that what kind of led you to like getting hands on and, and, doing, yeah, and yeah. doing the production? No manuals, no nothing. He didn't know what he was doing. So, you know, I got pissed off at him and I just start just kind of just plugging up stuff. And I had a, a dude, he was part of this group called ATC, A Touch of Class. They was like one of the first rap groups. Hmm. They was up on Harbor. And I asked my boy Phil, like, man, what you do? I knew he, see, they was kind of from that LL Cool J era with DJ, mm. you know, two MCs yeah. and a DJ yeah, cutting and scratching yeah, right. and all that type of stuff. So they really didn't have equipment. They was kind of working off of instrumentals and, and drum mm. tracks and getting those drum beat records where it's just like instrumental drums and stuff on it and doing a lot of scratching and, and DJ type stuff. So I had him like give me some pointers. He like, yeah, man, you know, he showed me about the RCAs and the quarter inches and how the stuff works. So run it. Yeah. shit, that's all that. easy. Well, you can just touch buttons now. Yeah, the back now. Yeah. <laughs> you talking yeah, about yeah. a motherboard you had the biggest really, motherfucking table, right? You had to go get all type of cords and everything, and you know, the and then I had the yeah. full track, you know, and, and once you using up your tracks, you got to know how to bounce all that over to one track so you can free up tracks to do more. Man. I mean, it was a lot of work back then, and it's crazy. But, um, post show we were talking about your mm -hmm. your production and you know the sampling on what you were doing then on that like right. in today's time it just don't it don't match up it don't make sense I know and I only had like 2.5 seconds so we just had to speed the record up hella fast mm -hmm. to get it in there and then slow it down in because wow. it was like 2.5 in the SB12 and uh yeah we'll speed it up hella fast pitch it pitch the record up and then we might get about four seconds out of that. You know what I mean? And even mm. Bamberweed, the loop was only like four, like really like four bars. And I went crazy when I went to TC studio because once I got introduced to TC, he had that Emacs that was like 28 seconds of sampling. It changed the game. That's why I went crazy down there with the samples. I'm glad you, I'm glad you segue into that perfectly. When you, I want to talk about TC because mm -hmm. um, I think one of the biggest gems that I got from um, the Dregs One interview that you just recently did not too long ago was... Um, your partnership with him. Yeah. Like you just mentioned the meeting to him and you know, you guys yeah, showing man, that all was that a work blessing. on him. That was a blessing. T was like our Dr. Dre. It was like, I was the Daz and he was a Dr. Dre. Mm -hmm. He got all my beats and fluffed them up, tightened them up, the samples I wanted to use. And now I really respect, like later on, once I really got into the production, I really respected him because I didn't realize the samples I was picking, some of them was uh, different tempos. I'd be like, yeah, I want to put this, I want to put uh, this salt and pepper loop over Ohio players or step into the AM third base. I want to use that sample. Know, and, like, and he was like, what the hell? He, I didn't realize that the work he had to do to make all that stuff blend like it did. Yeah. You know what I mean? I thought I could just pick whatever and it'll just work. But that shit do was that. not that easy. Yeah, man. It was not easy doing that on the old Atari computer, working with them at Emacs. You know what I mean? And what's so crazy is when I went to him, I actually had a bunch of original stuff. I didn't even have a bunch of samples at my studio. I just went crazy when I got there and seen the sample time he had. So I just started going to work. But a lot of our music that I was bringing down there was really original stuff. And I ended up dropping it once I got introduced to that Emacs. I was like, hold on, let me go back to the drawing board. Let me use them samples that I had. I got a few songs I did on samples. I'm ready to bring them back, you know nice. what I mean? And went crazy down there. You're talking about all that software, right. you know, Obviously, you're, you're cutting, you know, songs that probably were unreleased at that time. Right. You mentioned about kind of like doing that too short approach where you just, you, I'm going to just start naming all the, all, all the people oh, in the yeah. hood. Oh, yeah. That oh, was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was before I got to TC. So when that happened was when I first started rapping. So wow. what, I, what happened was uh, I was, you know, a lot of dudes weren't coming to the studio a lot. They was like, you know, faking and stuff, T-Lo. Budweiser show up, you know, here and there. He he was staying loyal to it, but it was a lot of dudes that was faking. My brother, Baby Dre at the time, 
they all just wasn't coming to the studio. So what I did was I started playing with it. You know, I was already doing the beats, started getting experience with the beats. I was making beats now, but I had a bunch of beats. They weren't rapping on them. So I ended up making this song called What About My Niggas? And mm. I just named everybody in the neighborhood. <laughs> it was off, the first one was off the You're you Customer name. Beat. <laughs> so I named Buttweiser and talk yeah. about how fly he was. I named one of my OG partners and talk about how gangster he was. and. Everybody loved it, you know what I mean? So I put it out For there. Sure. It was a, then I did a remix off the Do Why Diddy beat, you know what I mean? The Roger uh, Do Why Diddy, I sampled that, did the remix. That took off. And I named a couple Turks because you know, it was just a harbor thing. So I did the one naming everybody. Then at the end, I kind of named a couple Turks like Oakdale, West Point, mm -hmm. and the whole nine. And they kind of vibe to it. But they didn't vibe to it like that because I wasn't really naming nobody from their neighborhood. Yeah. So what I did was... <laughs> Did like a I did remix. rolling through the yeah. turfs of HP. Yeah. So I did one where I'm rolling through all the turfs and I'm naming some of the popular dudes from each turf and, and that took off. Yeah. And that yeah. kind of, you know, put me on the map to where everybody was like, bro, you got a voice. You harder than T-Lo and Budweiser and them. You need to really take it serious. And then from there, man, I just started making songs and I ended up making more like an orgy, which we use on the album. Um, I made a lesson Classic. to be learned. Classic. Which Real we use on the album. And, um, which other one I used? Uh, I think them the only, more like an orgy, a lesson to be learned. And I kind of started playing with like, sort of like a cycle. That's why a lot of songs on the album, it was like from my solo stuff I was working on. That's why, you know, some of the songs I start off first, like sort of like mm -hmm. a cycle. I got two verses before mm -hmm. Mr. C come in. Mm -hmm. More like an orgy is just all me. Um, even um, and you flip the a lesson to be learned. Too, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Bammer Weed was yeah. Don't Give Me No Bammer Joint right. before yeah. Mr. C yeah. got exactly. on it. It was me, my boy Tito Lee, rest in peace Tito Lee, rest in peace to both of the guys who was on the original one Man. passed away. You know, rest in peace to both of them. They was uh, on the original Don't Give Me No Bammer Joint. We don't smoke that shit in Hunter's Point. So well, I ended up switching that up once I met TC and uh, just decided to get the whole city involved. I was like, man, I got to do like I did on, with my other songs and kind of get the city involved it, instead yeah. of just making it, so, you know, just right. Hunter's Point. So the I'm glad Jody brought that up. Uh, the original song, obviously having that fucking hood, like right. real hood, hood banger for the mm -hmm. hood. But then at the time when you did the remix, did, did you have any thought that this song would possibly go down in like, some could say top three, top five, top ten. None of the bay, but rap history. Yeah, yeah I, I knew it was a hit when it, when we first did. Don't give me no bammer joint. Was People was like, as soon as I did the loop, I sampled it. I knew it was a hit. I was like, oh man, that flute. Yeah, yeah. As soon as that, I mean, oh man. Most people go for the two mega hits, Blue, mm -hmm. uh, Bluebird and Bammerweed. Um, but like you said, the psycho. I mean, you guys got so many other hits. Yeah, like the majority of all those sloppy. hits. You can hear uh, the 70 Souls, Marvin Gaye. Right. You can hear uh, the, the, some disco in there, the Parliament, yeah. the Funkadelic, mm -hmm. like. Uh, Prince. I mean, yeah. that oh, sound, though, it was just so special. Mm -hmm. Such a time, man. That era was Frisco. Once they had it locked, but I mean, it was us, man. Yeah. 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 Shout out RBL, GLP. Yeah, shout South out my mom yeah. for having that collection. Man, yeah. that was shout out my mom. I was just about to say that. I was just about to say that. I was going, but all her records, and yeah. that, that, even that, that Sugar Hill that I like, used on the lesson to be learned. That was like my one of my Mom's first favorite rap. Yeah, that was her collection. She speaker on a plane. When she was that Bank of America. Because I always used to see the records. I didn't care for them when I wasn't rapping. And she had a downstairs closet that was with just oldies. Just all out. And I still got them to this day, her whole collection. You know what I mean? You know that's I still got them, man. So the beginning formation of your first group. You got Budweiser and you guys getting cooking up, got mm -hmm. the systems going, you're producing, you're getting all these things together. You talked about it wanting to be more like solo, but you're forming this group. You didn't have RBO at first. Nah. What was the first group name? Well, it wasn't even a group. It was just like everybody in the studio was called the Hit Squad. Uh -huh. T-Lo gave us. Yeah, yeah we, just, we were just calling each other the Hit Squad. And um, I got cold feet, really. I was finna go do my solo stuff and I got a little nervous. I didn't want to be... 
I didn't want to fail and motherfuckers be like, oh, this album did weak. It didn't do uh, good. Yeah. Even though you had a so few songs popping. We're going to take this thing. We're going to take a few songs popping. I was still nervous about coming out professionally. Right. You know Going what I mean? on your own. Yeah. Right so, you know, so I was just, people was more of like a security blanket. Like exactly. I wanted to be like behind the scenes and have a front man. So I was trying to do it with T-Lo. T-Lo uh, was like our ice cube up there. He was raw. Right. But you T-Lo said he also dope. wanted to do his you own shit. He wanted to do his own thing because he knew he was dope. You know what I mean? Everybody wanted him. And you know, he like, man, I'm looking, he rubbing his hand like, man, I got this dude want to put me out here. <laughs> like, Black, I don't know. I got some, but I got somebody who, you know, might want to, you know, collab with you. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm dating his sister. Mm-hmm. You know, this dude, he called himself Mr. C or whatnot. And he like, I'm like, yeah, all right, bring it in. I'm feeling some type of way. I really wasn't trying to hear what he was talking about because I really wanted to go to the studio with him. You know, like, trying to shine me off. Yeah, but I hear the background of T-Lo and let T-Lo do his thing and I drop a couple <clears> verses here and there. So... What we did was, and part of survival, actually the song that's on there, that was actually me and T Lo song before mm-hmm. Mr. C got and kind of got on it. T Lo actually did the first verse, and me and Mr. C came in on the second and third verse. You know, well the second verse I did. Then later on we brought Mr. C up there. Then we ended up adding him on. Then I ended up taking T Lo off once we did it professionally. So you guys you never know? dropped the song. It was like T Lo, you and Mr. C. We drop it in the hood, like on the little TV camera. It was never pressed, yeah. it was never pressed okay. up. Okay. Like, all that stuff on my four tracks. I wish oh. I could find them. See, that's the thing. That's the thing about y'all yeah, era. Where y'all, had, stuff, man. Where y'all yeah. had your own way. I mean, I know all the young mm-hmm. cats now. They got the social media and shit. Right. But y'all too had easy. your own innovative yeah. ways of doing shit to get shit out. Man, we was doing compilations before we. There was compilations. Yeah. I was getting dudes from the hood, from West Point, Tito Lee and them. I was getting dudes, my boy Chris from Cashmere. They'd come up there making songs, you know, Punk Police, Tito Lee and them. Uh, we had Herb Young making uh, I'm on the run, uh, Captain Saberho. Like he was the reason, he was the reason. But we was, people think we came with Captain Saberho when I was on <laughs> uh, sort of like a psycho when I, you know, mm. what you gonna do that shit for? Why you being Captain Saberho, whatever, you know, yeah. sort of like a psycho. People thought 40 got it from me, but I actually got it from Herb Young. You know what I mean? My boy Herb hey, Young. Shout out hey, Herb Young. Yeah, we got a toast to that. We got a toast to that. For real. That's, 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 that's one thing that I love. That's from that night. That's from 1990. That's one thing I love about you, know, Black. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of legends don't like to big up other legends or even just give just due. So I yeah. thought that was why the, yeah, the toast my boy, was just you know, And they ain't even known. They never really made it. And I thought they was going to blow up way bigger than me. T-Lo, Herb Young, and Budweiser. Man was, you know, a big part of my career. You know, them was the dudes who I was really behind, hoping to get them out and get them going because they was the real rappers in the hood. You was trying uh. to get the bubble up off with them, huh? Well, I was just trying to do the beats. You know, if they would have kept coming to the studio and doing what they're supposed to do, I probably would have never even rapped. Yeah, but by them bullshitting huh? and you know not coming in and <laughs> hustling, and I'm in there, I done got addicted to making the beats, and I done learned the equipment. Now I'm like, I don't, I'm starting to like it now. I'm like, damn, this shit. You're fun. like, nobody's coming. Let me yeah, see if I can do it. it. So I start playing but with it. So it seems like it hit. from the beginning, right. since you formed it, you you was just really all business about it. Oh yeah, yeah. I was. I was strictly business. I was really going, but I kind of knew Budweiser. Um, his rap style was just different. I, I knew he wasn't gonna really take us to that next level level. Mm. I was just helping him because, you know, that was my guy in mm. the whole night. But I always kinda counted on T Lo. T Lo right. was that was that dude. You know what I mean? He reminded me of D Lo from 415, Ice Cube. He was like, he was that dude. You know what mm. I mean? And all his stuff was freestyles. And then nobody really pulled out no pen and paper except me and Budweiser. Everybody wow. was it was all freestyles was back then. Time. All freestyles. And they was making sense, wasn't mm-hmm. off beat, wasn't just saying anything, T Lo was raw with the freestyles, rapping whole songs wow. just off the off the dome. That's a fucking gym right there for y'all. Yeah. Off the <laughs> dome, you know what I mean? They That's talking it. about Jay Z writing in his head. T Lo been doing yeah, that. Right. We talking about you know, 90, 91, He was doing it. So yeah, man. So yeah, it's just one of those things where I was trying to go to the studio with them, and you know, he brought end up bringing hit Mr. C up there. And when Mr. C came up there, I was just, you know, he was cool, nice little, you know, square dude, you know, went in and just strictly into raps. And he was into like the backpack type rap into, you know, metaphors. Yeah, he was into all that stuff. He was, you know, liking uh, dudes like DJ Premier and, 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 um, he was into Big Daddy Kane. More of an East Coast vibe. And, yeah, yeah, more of that East Coast vibe. You know, he loved so, like Master Ace and them and all that, that type of stuff. Is that why you kind of got some of the production in, in, in the early stages of those first two albums a lot with him? Or you kind of um, had that feel already well, vibe? No, too, I already right? had that but vibe. But at this point, you already had that foundation, right? right? Yeah, 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 the foundation was already, was already there as far album, as like right? my beats, yeah. a lot of stuff I wanted to use, I already kind of had. But it was just that Mr. C, 
he was a little bit different. So I had him made a song. It was called Hit Squad New Jack. And he was just, once he did that song, I was like, yeah, I'm finna take him to the studio <laughs> with me. <laughs> I mean, he I did a okay. solo song, man. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, that boy was dropping lug. I'm talking about every bar. And this was back when we didn't know how to count bars. We were just rapping. Before yeah. 16. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. We was, okay. If you listen to our first album, every song is like 24. We was, we was damn near at 36, 32s and wow. perverse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. Until yeah. TC showed us how to structure it. Once I got to TC, that's what I say. Okay. I give TC a lot of. You know, props from from showing us how to structure songs. Like, you know, man, you got y'all got to do twenty fours, and we was doing four twenty fours. Like all our songs is like, man, five minutes long. You know, <laughs> there's two man. songs nowadays. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's hey. to me though. That's yeah. Yeah. Remember, we long as hell. <laughs> <laughs> You can smoke the Before I go back to it, to stay on that, I just think that that's. The musical genius of you guys back then with these kids and these younger rappers and generations just ain't doing nowadays is the intros, the skits, you know, yeah. the songs being yeah. like that with the loops could be going on forever. But as long as the bars are there and the interaction is there, it's just timeless. Wrong. You can't go wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that was just like NWNM laid the blueprint to that. Like I liked really? how they albums was action packed with scratches mm -hmm. coming in. Fuck the police. Just car crashes or whatever going <laughs> on. Even like IMP, real, right? everything. IMP, dogs barking and helicopters. Uh, and, yeah. So we came in off of like, you know, NWA, IMP, even 415 and them, like they had DJ and a lot of scratching coming in over dope samples. So that's how we learned. So I figured that's what you got to do. You know right. what I mean? But so you soaked it up, but you also did I your twist to it. I did my own way. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I did what they wasn't really doing. With, I was like blending a lot of samples, a lot of different. Mm. I might bring in, like, I might have to step into the AM, like yeah, I was saying. Yeah. Ohio players coming in on top of that on the hood. That motherfucker and, is you know, <laughs> Salt and pepper on, you know, coming yeah. in. Dun, 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 you know, all that coming in. So, you know, I was just doing a lot of blending with a lot of people wasn't doing. You know, they might rap off of one loop and on the hook might bring in something, but yeah. I always had stuff coming in nonstop. You got a toast to that. Come on. <laughs> I mean, because I mean, you got to say, let them know. It's, it's, it's yes, no, sir. Uh, yes, sir. they call it muscle memory, sound memory. You know, a good music ear, an artist or whoever could appreciate all those mixes, the samplings and, you know, mm -hmm. for that sound. So the fact that you was doing it, that, that's just... Putting it that's together I can't that say way, is, though. People don't yeah. have to. They need to start putting more respect on you as a producer. Yeah, man, for real though, for real. Man. Shout out my boy DJ Switch, who was doing all man. them scratches, them complicated scratches we wanted on that first Switch. album too. Uh, it's it's kind of safe to say that you know, you and C, because we're gonna get in and we're gonna touch on that. But it's kind of like Puff and Biggie, Dre, Snoop, Dre, Fifty. Like mm -hmm. you, you laying everything down, and then he comes through and he, he's able to mop it up on the MC level. But mm -hmm. you coming on the producer side and picking the poison. But you also right. give him some props, kind of like Kanye before Kanye, where he was also spitting the bars on. Oh yeah, yeah, most yeah. definitely. Yeah. But so I wasn't. Threat. I was just kind of one of them dudes who was just like, um, I wanted Mr. C to be the front man. Yeah. Right. But I just kind of me. I, I didn't have the metaphors and the punchlines <laughs> he did, so flows, I though. just used the, my voice. I was like, uh, I'm yeah. just gonna speak real shit and just use mm -hmm. my voice. You know what I mean? That's kind of like what I did. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, I let him come in and really do the MC thing. Mm -hmm. And Mr. C was good, even though I did all the beats and I orchestrated everything, put everything together. And you, and you wrote a he, lot too, right? You wrote pretty oh, much yeah, yeah. all yeah, the songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot mm -hmm. of the hooks I did, and like a lot, the only thing he did was really drop. And then he'd come in with them little bitty things like. How we had Bamber Weed, he'd be like, man, you got to put, get with the program. Like, he'd come in with them little bitty samples and that little, little extra, stuff, yeah. the little extra so stuff that was dope. Yeah, yeah, he was dope with that, you know? So that's one thing I did like about him. Like, he always had the little extra cuts and scratches and little ad-lib stuff to throw in on the hooks and stuff, man. Real dope with it. This sound was meant to be. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like... Meant. I mean, obviously for you at this point, doing pretty much everything yourself and gonna have like a little lift and kind of mm -hmm. like an A and B side to things. I mean, I know mm -hmm. it had to make things more work more smoother at yeah. that time too, right? Oh, of course. And T-Lo, man, my boy T-Lo, he regretted too. He like, <laughs> he sure wish he was <laughs> like, yeah, just a fuck with you. My boy T-Lo. You know that, you know that's me, right? Uh, <laughs> diamond in the rug. Oh, yeah. man, he, he, you know, shout out to T-Lo, man. He, he, you know, he didn't get too far with his career, but he showed he regretted to this day that he's like, man, Black, I should have took you up on that on offer. That right offer. Yeah, I told you, boy. I should have been me on that version. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
So now we, we dropped this first album. Mm-hmm. And where where do you feel after, you know, making a complete album, putting it out, having having a group on, having a success? Did you know before when the album dropped that it was gonna have that early success, like right out the gate, and that you guys would be kind of like on and moving on, reach the level that you did, or or, or um, even hearing nah. yourself on KML for the first time? Yeah, like, no, nah, I didn't know it was gonna go that far, but mm. I did know Hunter's Point. When I was just really caring about Hunter's Point, yeah, bro. that's yeah, all I wanted. Up, you just right? wanted the you know, notoriety in your own hood. That's it. Keep at, at, at this time, it's, I mean, it's still a lot of cats to this day. The dude just came my head thinking about it. Claytis the greatest. Uh, Dang, shout out to him. Yeah, he, uh, my that's boy. A hard name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like taking one of the old school ass names and flipping it and making it hard. He was the reason why I actually went to the studio and actually put my album together because we was putting out tapes around the neighborhood. And he had one of my beats that he jacked from my demo tapes that we were selling around the hood. Yeah, he put it on a real tape. And my boy uh, Buck, you know, shout out Buck. He was like, "Bruh, man, y'all song is better, but his is really out though. His is professional." <laughs> Even though it was and your that beat, fucked though. with Come me on, right man. then. And then I said, "Man, you know what? I gotta go see. I gotta go see TC." Right. And from there, that's when I went and and, and, and recorded and, and did my thing. I, I mentioned it in the book. I touch on it a lot more in the book. But yeah, Clay, that's the greatest man. He from he was from Double Rock. You know, uh, one of the first rappers out. He was out around the time Budweiser came out when he dropped Darling, Darling Baby. They came out probably around like. He came out around 90, 91. Budweiser dropped around 89, 90. His first uh, album, Life as a Nigga, whatnot. And uh, yeah, Clay is the greatest, man. He was mm. the reason why I ended up doing this stuff professionally and was went and pressed it up and put it out around the hood. We dropped a cut. We pressed up a thousand, put a couple around the hood, and they went crazy for it. And that's all I was like, accomplishment is yeah, done. Yeah, right. but then, My mom made it. Yeah, TC yeah. was like, bro, you need bro. to go leave some at the stores on consignment. So I started taking around Joe at Creative Music. Go right there on Left some at the Let's record go. store on, on Third now. Street. Yeah. Went over, I forgot the, uh, the, shop, the shop on Mission Street, but we left some over there and oh. sold out in a couple of days. They were just pushing it for us, just... And people get it, and one person just tell the next person yeah, word of mouth. Mm -hmm. They was hitting me back up. Oh, you know, and the pagers was out there. The page me, <laughs> hit, hit me up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was hot. And so people understand this buzz. At this time, it was like people knew about Kugnut and Huey MC. Oh, yeah, they was Forte out all there. Yeah, 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 yeah. They was out. Then uh, it's, it's your turn, right? At, yeah, this was like, this yeah, time, we right? was on a whole nother level because it was one of the things where like certain people knew Huey MC. Uh huh. Certain Depending people knew Kugnut, but they wasn't getting play in Oakland like we did. We right. was one of the first groups like to really crack Oakland. And once uh, you get Oakland, you get that's like the Mecca in the Bay. Yeah. Once you get them, it's over with. You know, sure. they taking you everywhere else, and that's right. kind of yeah. what happened with us. Uh. We lucked up at the at the time too. The Mega Boys Club. Uh, shout out to Jack shout and them. Boys Club. Yeah. Yeah. Boys Club. They were shipping dudes out to college down mm -hmm. there, you know, more houses in the Clarks or whatever mm -hmm. down there in Atlanta and the whole nine. To see and the a country. lot of them was yeah. taking our music. We was cracking at the time. Man. They were shipping dudes out. They took it down there. And it just all just worked right. The timing was just right, man. And it just blew up, you know. Yeah. And then we went out to uh, the, the music people. And he was like, yeah, people have been calling me, asking me about it, man. You know, won't you bring me some or whatnot? So we wow. had a couple hundred left. We left with him, and he ended up hitting me back like, "Man, I need more I than that like shit." <laughs> yeah, I need about five thousand. So I took the money yeah. I made off them, pressed up five thousand, went out there, and yeah, he offered us. He just like, "Man, I COD you five dollars a tape. I give you the twenty five thousand for that, and an extra ten thousand to sign with me." So I'm looking like, "Man, I'm Tell gonna go I hit the Dre, block. Give me a couple dollars. Yeah, I'm gonna go <laughs> for real. I'm finna go hit the block now, man. I got a block with this. I'm like, man, hold on. I ain't even thinking about music. What's that family? 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 What's that they care about it, but when it died down, it's always about round two and what's mm -hmm, coming next. Mm -hmm. So follow it up like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, come on, like obviously you did, but Legendary, at that point, though. how do you follow man, up after we did an album I, like that? And it, it was like it was easy to me. It's I, like I, I felt like I could do it again. Yeah. yeah, I was like, man, we already had stuff that I didn't use. I'm thinking about my other solo tracks <laughs> that I got that the beats was dope. I didn't use. 
So it wasn't no, it wasn't no. I'm like, man, he want to give us this money for this. I'm like, I can do this shit again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you so got I had the confidence, yes. you know, yeah. to go in and make some more music. That wasn't a problem, but we never really got a chance to get back in the studio because shows start coming in. People start wanting to book us. Now demand. we wanted in. Yeah, mm. Detroit was a heavy demand. Uh, Phoenix, uh, all through Arizona, um, Seattle, like all Washington, Portland. We Ooh. damn near lived in Detroit, though. Detroit really loved us. The Midwest, Pontiac, Lansing. So at this point, you knew you had the sound that could cross oh, yeah. the country. Yeah, I knew we had it. It was taking off, and Bammer, we just just landed. It was, it, was, it just set, was it, it set it up. Yeah. That's that one thing you notice, too. Like, when you're on YouTube and you and you watch some of the other interviews you've done, when you, like, read the comments, there are people from Chicago, Detroit, all yeah. these other places so, right? that were like, man, RBL was the shit. Yeah, man. Like, real talk. Yeah. And, I, and I gotta real say this, because you took me back with the Boys Club and the whole, like, your homies taking because I was a boys club kid too, and I mm -hmm. went to one of them little Keystone conferences. It's like '89, <laughs> like seriously, though, yeah. I was like on the club shit though. Yeah. And Not boys club. Table me, and I remember cast like, who's that from Nebraska and like mm -hmm. Florida, mm -hmm. New Jersey, New York, mm -hmm. like hearing it sound like, who is this? You know, and like they couldn't. Because Frisco, Frisco, Frisco you know? rap has yeah. a very distinct sound. Like there's, yeah, one, we there's one thing we about time, Bay Area yeah. sound, but then there's Frisco, Frisco sound as sound. well. Yeah. It's different. It's it different. different. real, that original mob music, man. Yeah. 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 And, and it's just our hi-hats and claps and stuff. Like what a lot of us, a lot of people start really, I'll say I kind of led it off by having that like that reverb clap mm. with that P-phone clap, like doubling it up. And a lot of people behind me started kind of using that, you know what I mean? And a kick on the clap, me and TC kind of did all that. And, you know, a lot of the groups that start coming after us, they start going to TC for that sound, trying to get that yeah, RBL yeah. sound. Does that include JT? Because he gave me your flowers about the timeline with y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I put J actually helped JT, you know? Off. Like, he, he didn't know where to even go press his album up at. So after oh. the truce, when they came up to Harbor and they came mm -hmm. up to see me and we did the little truce thing, me and JT got real tight after that, and I ended up putting. I think that's JT big. took okay. him. I took him off to uh, Hayward. I think it was Hayward. Yeah, I think it was Hayward to Music Annex to uh, press up oh, his okay. cassette. That's what we did our stuff at. Right. He didn't know where to do it. And I could have hated on him, like, ah, bro, I don't yeah. even know. Yeah. Yeah. He would have never came. Oh, you know, he probably would have found out later on. <laughs> yeah. And I, no, that's we what's rolled up, out there. We hopped in his bucket and we rolled out the music annex. I that's showed dope. him down. That's very, uh, that's how his first album you, came you, out. You, you just, you just very, too much of a humble giant, man. That's really. very commendable because, like you said, like it was a real truce. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You didn't just squash yeah. the beef. You actually, like you said, took him under your wing and showed him. Oh, yeah. yeah well, I mean, without up. getting too, too, too deep in it, I mean, the generational turf wars where you got the beef is so big. You're talking about people, whole family members. Oh, yeah. Uncles and they sons and siblings and it just carried on. Yeah, from 87 so to 91, 92 was, was crazy. So for y'all to come through that truce, not only that, with the music, y'all really you unified the city at that oh, yeah, time. Yeah, at that time. Yeah, yeah. Music. And that and was, was like the first the time where, you know, where obviously due to, you know, like you said, this crack epidemic, you know, the rise of gangs, uh, the rise of the, uh, yeah. the, the fictional shit because we see yeah. shit and we read shit through content we always have. And at that time, it was colors in, in the movies. Colors, yeah. They show gangster shit. It sparked yeah. everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, yeah. everybody kicked it in the gear. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Then you got those retros looking at the old school fucking Warriors movies that's not so far away, too. So yeah. it's kind of like <laughs> you get that high school teenager adolescence. Now you start bringing bangers in. Right. You know, we got a whole thing, so people you can relate to though, like hey, that truth. I mean, and then one yeah, of the yeah, illest lines, Frisco niggas ain't, ain't no punks. Yeah, we did. Yeah, right after, <laughs> we did that right afterwards, man. I think, I think that, that unity, was perfect timing. That, with that unity real, was like the first wave, and I, I really wanted you to bring that up, and I'm glad you mentioned that because. Uh, nowadays, it's 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 second nature. You know, film old young niggas be hanging with HP Harbor, West oh, Point yeah, niggas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, back in the day, yeah, that was a no no. Homies now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was, was a no no yeah. back in the day. No, that was a no no. It wasn't, that wasn't happening. You yeah. wasn't going to film. You was not feeling comfortable in the OC projects yeah. on Virgos, Page Street, right. Hayes Valley, anywhere around there. That wasn't happening. You know what I mean? Until they came up on Harbor that day when I told them to come through. Shout out Creature Man and Pigskin and all Creech. them. You know, they came through. They trusted me came over mm -hmm. to the block and we shut it down and we was at the stone i think maybe like a week two weeks later at the stone performing together us that's what's filmo hunters point and sunny they all up under one roof with no problems 
kicking it, man. And it was the best thing yeah, ever. Yeah, but I mean, that's you almost got... like full circle, like how you were saying how city used to be and I was a neighborhood and you could go everywhere. You know, yeah. I remember being a boy some kid and hanging out with, with the homies from the club that were from Fillmore and going to the to the buildings up there that aren't there anymore, like right. how they tore down the towers and all that. Like, the yeah, old man. Scene, you know, it was, yeah. it was a different time, man. Way and different I time. I applaud you for that because you were ahead of your time. Yeah, man. And it was, man, like, that that it just worked out perfectly, man. Everything just fell into place perfectly. That was you the know, universe, the whole, man. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. So after the first success of the first album, you got all this momentum, everything's happening, you got this troops going on, mm -hmm. you got Fillmore and other sets, Sunday Deal. You know, at this time, this is predominantly, we can honestly say, San Francisco's, not just the Bay, but San Francisco's golden, you know, hip hop era. You oh, know? Yeah, right. You got right. IMP, you know, you got Love and Vibe, you got all these groups, RBL, mm -hmm. you guys, Selsky coming up doing this thing, GLP that you guys is collabing on with right now. Mm -hmm. Frisco's fucking booming. Booming. All the major labels Man. are looking into. Now have signed all you guys. You guys got good deals. You guys are literally the last groups that have success in the music game on a high level with mm -hmm. with, with major labels, Jive, Atlantic, Interscope. Yeah. 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 Independent at this point, though, yeah, right? We still, still well, yeah, we still well. We we had distribution uh, I ended is up doing that deal. You know, I took okay. that money in a minute, so yeah. they was they yeah. still independent. You know, right. they was more like a, not a major label. No, nah, so they wasn't major. Yeah. They was just they was really like a distro. They was um, a distributor. The music people was a distributor. The, 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 the building was the music people, but they had a little uh, label in the inside, right. which was Intermittent Records, who was giving out deals, mm -hmm. which, okay. and we followed behind Totally Insane. And it, okay. we just wanted to get an imprint because we was new to it, man. I would have never signed for 10000 knowing that. Yeah. Because it was like a tricky kind of like, I'm going to pay you, I'm going to buy your you said, CDs. Give that money I mean, I'm going to buy your cassettes. At five dollars a cassette, I'm gonna give you the cash for that and ten thousand. So I'm adding up thirty five thousand. Like, mm -hmm. okay, that's what I'm saying. I can easily do this again. Yeah, let me yeah. give you that money. Mm -hmm. I can do this ten more times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? So I wasn't tripping. So we didn't even read the contract. We just like, yeah, come on, give me yeah. that. Let's go. <laughs> it's a starter. Mm -hmm. Especially since you said like you weren't expecting any of that. You're like, we just wanted the nah, hood notoriety. Yeah, yeah. like the hood notoriety. Yeah. So you want to give me so money? So hear that number, you're like, oh hell yeah. And like, then I'm looking at all them boxes of tapes. 5,000 tapes. I'm like, man, shit, I'm looking at all these. I'm like, I don't want to take all these home. Uh, you know, I ain't really got room. I'm standing in the project. These are, it's a lot of cassettes. Options, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he wanted to take them on. I'm like, man, he ain't even want the cashes out. I didn't have to worry about yeah. returns and none of that. So I'm take like, him, yeah, him. let's do this. I'm going to write that check. And he told us, I will give J uh, Jason Blaine his credit on that. He did say, y'all want to get a lawyer? And we start adding up like, man, uh, we getting thirty five. We going to take fuck that. We going to pay the lawyers and all these. So we, we didn't want to pay. Them. <laughs> he getting this shit on the table, and man. He's like, we man, I shit. got a lawyer. So he ended up sending us to one of his lawyers who right. he was cool with. Okay, you know who was down the street from. So we went and talked to him, and he was he a bullshitter. Everything cool. <laughs> yeah, he looked at it. And he like, yeah, that's, that's a pretty good contract. Bro, right? He didn't break down anything. He said, yeah, 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 it's a pretty good contract. I mean, it's just straightforward. I mean, y'all niggas think it's cool. And at this point, it's before you understand like the real numbers that you guys are doing as opposed to like what's being sold that you're aware of. Like, we didn't know about the points, man. Yeah. Yeah. Publishing. Motherfuckers just okay. riding we away. Didn't know mechanical royalties. Man. We, we got weed. We were worried about your sound. I was really trying to just get that out. check yeah. and get the hell out of there. So yeah. I felt he was wasting my time anyway when we went talking. It was only like, you know, he, we, he, he introduced us to him. We got his number. We went seen him the next day. And he like, yeah, he sent it to me yesterday. He faxed it to me. I read it. It's pretty straightforward. Y'all get you know, 15% and this and that's your next album. Y'all budget go up to 50,000. We like 50, so what he gonna give us? He like, yeah, he gonna get y'all 50,000 when y'all start. So I'm like, okay, and we gonna get 50,000 on that? We didn't care about publishing or nothing. So did you guys even know about the rents or anything at that time? Who's gonna get nothing about none of that. I mean, at the time we had it set up to where I get like 65%. And Mr. C was getting 35 because mm -hmm. I was getting my producer yeah, from sure, doing sure. all that. So we had to split up like that. My boy Mugabe, I was going to give him like 10, 15 percent, sort of like on some management thing, because he the one that gave front of me the first thousand okay. dollars. 
you go press up the thousand copies. Solid. Because I was trying yeah, not to right. spend, I was trying not to spend my money. You know what I mean? So I was like, let me ask my right, boy. Bro, you got a thousand dollars. He's a boy doing that. Like, bro, you want to invest in these? Like, yeah. And he did. He hit too. Because once we uh we had to split that thirty five, we had to give him. We split it thirty five, thirty, you know, thirty three and a third. I see that thousand right there. He was loving it. He said, that thousand. I came up like that, and he wanted to stay on board. I was like, man, you don't like how they do the fan duels where a nigga say put two dollars. He came up thirty five. <laughs> For real. Right. Hey, my boy Mugabe was loving it. He was like, man, he was like, so man, I want to keep win. this back yeah. in it. I'm like, right. how much you need this time? I mean, 20 years old, stacks in your pocket. You know, super producer, super group going, really booming. You know, what was the mindset going into the studio? Coming up with the next album, but literally, obviously, with the with the momentum of Bammer Weed, what was the next hit? Did you already have it in the roller decks already? Nah, we what happened was too. We was um we st- it, it, we was out touring for a minute, so it took us like two years. That's why the next album didn't come out to ninety four when we dropped early nineteen ninety two. Well, September. Uh, well, we dropped in June, but we actually did the deal around September, so it officially dropped professionally September sixteenth. Mm. So, which was our 30th anniversary that just passed. Yeah, I remember last the sixth. Year. Ooh, yeah, sir. you know what I mean. Before I lose the that's fucking major. Because now, nowadays, I mean, when you guys was hitting one one shot wonders was one and you're done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nowadays, in the last 20 years, you can have a fucking platinum hit and fucking be on the shelf for seven eight years and still get it back. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask this though: What was that tour money like though? Right? I'm glad you fucking said that. Was it, was it still was like today you know, where you still get the well, bags on well, the shows or what was it? We could have got more, but we was getting like four to seven thousand a show. You know what I mean? So it was back nice. Then, and they was coming then, back yeah. and back, you know, two shows on the weekend. Yeah. Buy me a back to back. So we like I said, we didn't go into the studio for almost two years because we was eating off the road. So we weren't even tripping off the royalties. Because we was eating. So once we started questioning, we gotta end up getting a new manager. And we got a manager who really knew his stuff, because we hired a manager. Shout out Sean Richards. You know, he was trying. He was more like a show promoter. Mm-hmm. So we hired him just because he was do, able to do shows. Right. Is that, the, is that not the Sean Richards that's doing uh, Burns Equity? On yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out to Sean, <laughs> man. Shout out to Sean, man. We go back, yeah, man. You know, we go back, you, man. Back in the year. We, back yeah, we in the had day, a, um, yeah, Sean just, he was a sh- more of a promoter. He wasn't really a manager, but we thought he was because he was doing a lot of shows back then. So. You know, we had a firing behind some stuff. You know, I talk about it in the book a little more. I, I deep dive into our relationship and what happened. But we end up kind of just like living off of that. And we hired Tone, Tony Jackson. We got him. Mm-hmm. And he was like managing Cool Nut and I am uh, in a Totally Insane at the time. So he came in and he started asking questions like, man, y'all checked on y'all royalties? Is y'all, what's going on with y'all royalty checks? What's like, what's the- yeah. <laughs> yeah, what? What? <laughs> Huh? We're like, what's right. that? <laughs> we thought he paid us. He's like, no, uh, man, y'all fucking get paid off the sales. Right? Oh, he's like, man, y'all done sold like almost 200,000 copies, y'all ain't. Wow. He ain't gave y'all no royalties. He said, what about y'all mechanicals? He was like, what the fuck is mechanicals? He said, that's what y'all writing and this and that. And so we like, what the? Wow. He told went right to work. So we start auditing in a minute. and Were you able to recoup? No, we recoup, Ben, we recoup. What happened was them samples hit us. Jason started using that because, you know, uh, George Clinton and all yeah. them, they like, hey, hey you got to work that out. Yeah. 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 We making noise now. I know it's fun, yeah. baby. I need that truck. You fool. For real. Hey, they, they was on their issue, so a few of we got cleared. Okay. But he starts talking about, man. See, got like 10 of them niggas on one song. Man, on one song. Man, I start counting up them. I'm like, oh, we got a this, that. He like, yeah, man. See? This person wants 6,000. This person wants 5,000. They want, you know, yeah, it starts That goes up. back to the story I you told earlier. Right when now. you got the sample, he's like, put that in, put that in, put that in. Like, fuck it. And this is why the second album sounded like it did. That's the we went back to originals. Huh? Yeah. There was barely any samples on that second <laughs> But yeah, now we got whooped on that. So he started like, man, the, the royalties y'all is due. They going in the trust fund until I can't, you know, I got to clear all the samples and do the, you know, he bullshit us. He had owed us like 675000 in the end. You know what I mean? Oh, Never paid it. Man. So man. we ended up going in, starting on the next album just to get that 50000 yeah. So he gave us the 50000 to start on the next album. We ended up doing 
all original music. But in between that time, though, that's what's in the, you know, that's when we kind of like, our, that's kind of where the split from the block happened. Cause these young dudes is in my studio and ended up raping this little young girl. Oh, and brought man. her to my studio and, he, and they lured her in like, yeah, you know RBL? And they like, yeah, you know, they, they was kind of fans and they lured her to my studio. And it was one of the dudes who I was renting his room. He was with him. Oh. And it was like six of them, like five, six of the dudes. And one of the dudes who I was renting a room from his mom and his room was next door. So he brought him into the studio. Oh, man. And, you know, oh, they saying they Black Sea and my brother Dre and all the whole nine. So, yeah, they ended up raping the little girl, man. She was like 14 years old. So we Fuck. had like 65 counts of Damn, kidnapping, bullshit. sodomy, rape, this, that, and the whole Damn. nine. So, so you guys were on the high after the success oh, yeah, of the first man. album, we, doing shows and everything. And then this is a major setback. A setback, man. The police came. Everybody came banging on my door the next day. Like, Chris, Chris, they at your studio. They looking for you. I'm like, who? They like, the police. I'm like, for what? And they said, you raped some girl. Wow. And my girl at the time, Damn. my kid's mom at the time, looking at me like, who they, what? I'm like, man, I ain't with that. Shit, what you talking about? Like, I was with you, too. It went, it went from just talking about royalties to rape. Yeah, like, like, man, it got arm. ugly. So we went over there to go talk to him, man. They swooped us up. And yeah, it took me and my brother, man, oh, and we man. sat in there for like Oof, like five months, almost six months, just fighting the rape charge. That's a five yeah. month setback from right now, way yeah. trying to get and it's into the Because I know you talk about you talked about it a lot in some interviews about how shady the SFPD is trying to put niggas away with cases. Man, and yeah, like shit. my boy, who here with me now, man. Yeah. They, you know, put a, you know, put a fraudulent murder on him. He had to go sit down for like 14 years man. for a dude from Sunnydale who he didn't even kill. They said his van was there and thank God, <laughs> I was in juvenile at the time because they tried to say my, uh, I mean, my van was there. They tried to say his Skylark was there. So they tried to say me and him when did the killing or whatnot that we was a part of it. And uh, they checked my juvenile records, but you know, he wasn't yeah. so lucky. They ended up, you know, shipping him oh, off and coerced some girls in the sand. Like, you know, he did it. They saw him the whole nine. So, yeah, they had to, they set him down for like 14 years. And thank God that I was in Law Cabin, uh, on my way to Law Cabin, it was in juvenile at the time of the murder. And, uh, you know, they was able to verify that shit. And, you know, and man, I, I was good. But yeah. Thank God. If I was out, it'd have been ugly. I'd have been right. gone, sitting down. You know what I mean? RBL yeah. would have never been. You know what I mean? I know those six months had to have been chilling. You know, being on such a high, seeing these stacks <laughs> oh, coming man. in, knowing yeah, that you I know you hot. set. I hot. was in there hot, man. All I wanted to do is, especially once I found out what happened and who it was, I'm just like, man, I'm already plotting. Man, I was ready to go and tear the block up. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I'm like, what? So, but we had them on standby. We had a few dudes on it. Plus, yeah. we was in there with somebody that was actually a part of it. Mm. You know what I mean? So we was like, bro, you gonna tell your, mm. you gonna tell them yourself if all else fails. And yeah. he was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'll do that. Woo, woo, woo. I'm, yeah, I, I ain't gonna let y'all go down for it. But he ended up yeah, telling his mom clear. and him, and for some reason they end up getting to the sheriff's or whatever. They end up moving him out too. Yeah. Like two mm. days later, this motherfucker mm. was slick. Lit. Told his mom and then we was pressuring <laughs> him to tell. And they ended up moving him out across the hall from me. And then they came and got me and my brothers, moved us up to the seventh floor in 850. And we had to sit there. Yeah, so we was in there hot as hell. So he was feeling threatened. But yeah, with the girl, you know what I mean? I love my brother, Toe. He, he ended up knowing the girl. What happened was, too, what was crazy was she ended up going, she was like a foster kid, one of the, the main chick, that, the 14 year old that got raped. So she ended up going to one of my a foster home in Oakland, wow. which was my boy Quindale. You know what I mean? That was his. He's like, brother, I'm over here with this girl who said RBL raped her. And I'm telling her, like, I grew up with RBL. And I'm like, what? I'm like, blood, that's like, man, wow. man tell her, like, man, see if you can see if she can come see him. He's like, man, I'm going to bring her over. Uh, I'm going to try to see if Toto can come. That's my little brother. He's like, I'm going to see if Toto can come out here and talk to her. When my brother Toto got out there, he's like, man, I went to school with her. Like, I know her. Wow. And that so she came That's to Frisco see us. You know everybody from Frisco. Yeah. Like, somebody from yeah. Frisco. Know Brought her up to see us. She was like, no, nah, that wasn't y'all. She was like, no. Nah. She said they were saying Black C and, and Dre, and I'm like, I'm Black C. Yeah, he was she was like, like, I'm Black You wasn't there. He was like, I know that. I said, can you come to court? She came to court for us the whole night, oh, man. man. And she like cleared that whole scene. Yeah, they, they ended up, end up dropping it yeah. on us. And they ended up letting it out on the sucker who was in there with us, who really had something to do with it, because we was all co-defendants. So when they dropped it on us, they had to drop it on him, too. So, Damn. But yeah, it was a blessing. But yeah, we came home, man, and, and that's what split the block up. We came home whooping motherfuckers' asses and <laughs> shit. And, hmm. You know, and man, we didn't like that because we could have been railroaded off, man. Mm -hmm. We, we would have been gone. Man. Yeah, because those, I mean, 
Them couch too. I, yeah. I was looking at OGs up in there, That's man. Shout out to my OG yeah. Shelly, man, and Dame and them, man. They was looking at it like, bruh. You don't want to go to the pen with these charges, right? Uh, inside yeah, of him. Oh, yeah. Minor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm saying, you things don't apply. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So not only, not yeah. only the career, so we just the way I'm not only with the, the career would have been over, the life would have been over. He's like, man, you do not want to black, whatever you're doing. Do not. Y'all got to figure something out. I'm like, oh. Because it's safe to say that. Stressed out. This mere, like, literally washed situation to come up out of there was that. The propeller to that motivation for the right, second yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that was motivation because we got out, man. You know, it was straight to work. You know, after mm. we handled them, we you know it was a little bit of straightening on the block. You know, we mm. did all that and we went in and started working on the album and uh, went to work right away. And yeah, we was like, we gonna stay away from samples this time. Yeah. You know, yeah. what I mean? Clear <laughs> we that producing shit all. Man. You know, if anything is gonna be interpolation, you know what I mean? Where we gonna play everything over? You know what I mean? So. That's what we end up doing, man. And uh, yeah, we end up making another classic, man. Classic. What I will say is, you know, we end up doing the uh, compilation. We end up doing the Herm. We did I Got My Nine. And that's what yeah. kind of set us up. That one. I Got My Nine. People, man. I mean, I, I think that's like the real diehard fans that, that, yeah. that push that. Like, I, yeah. I, I've, I've been, I've been, <laughs> on, the, I've been on the discology ghetto. all day just slapping. Because uh, like I said, this one, this one, this one really means something for me. So for sure, like, man, uh, for sure. like to get the backstories finally and just to hear the yeah. shit, like it yeah. just, it just makes the greatness of you as an individual and what you contribute, not only to the RBL success, but your own success, but to hip hop. Yeah, yeah, appreciate, yeah, sure. appreciate that. Yes, sir. Yes, like, sir. It's something relative. Like I just, I just found that out just maybe like less than five, six years ago that that you was doing all the producing. And yeah, shit. So yeah, I was doing everything. My album, Hitman album, Noh album. You know, only one I didn't produce on our first album was G's by the One Two Threes with Totally Insane. TC did that one. Mm. That motherfucker hard too. You know what I mean? But everything right. else yeah. I did. And on the second album, I did majority except for. Uh, bounce to this. Uh, Selsky did bounce to this. Yeah. Got to give Sel. <laughs> Let's talk about that because uh, this one it it really hurt my soul, man. Because just like you, like I I really don't feel Sel get the love and his flowers that he sh that he deserves and he should get. Mm -hmm. And just like you too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Selsky like, got slapped, man. Me and him got real yeah. tight, man. And uh. Yeah, he we we loved each other production. We used to man, we used to be in a studio going crazy. Me him and yeah, other. me him and Mr. Right, C, yeah. man. Yeah, cause you know we liked them them buzz bass line, them that 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 funk. You know we just right. had that funk, that original funk. That influence. And um, yeah, that he he really vibe. don't get his he don't get his props. You know what I mean? And uh, I just think because Cell never really kind of like really got like a, a hit like I, I think he would have if like that wouldn't happen to Mr. C mm. I think we would have probably been up there with the outcasters and all that and we would have still so. kept our formula you know what I mean because I tried a different formula after Mr. C died by mm. venturing out I wasn't producing no more I lost the love of it Damn. when I lost my boy right. and I think that kind of just changed the trajectory of everything it just kind of threw <laughs> everything off to where I was just wasn't in the same pocket. Well, let me but, ask you this, see, my bad to cut you off, mm -hmm. but at that point, I mean, with losing C and then not, like, what do you think that did to the, where Frisco would have been in this whole, when you oh, think you back lot, 30 man. years or like, you did a lot, how you I, see I hip hop and our sure. sound today. <laughs> with us, me and Mr. C, man, we would have put a lot of people in position, like, you, <laughs> Like we was close yeah. with the dudes that was coming up in Mr. in the uh, right. TC studio, you know what uh, I mean? Like the Eleven Fives, the yeah. UDIs, the Fly Bars, Selsky, IMP. So if we'd have got on and and that that Atlantic deal that went that happened, it would have we'd have used that to our Just advantage and, and brought that budget because oh, it was worth some millions. Like we was going to be set it's up crazy. lovely, man. You it's know, crazy because we all like sweet. to dwell on, on <laughs> I mean, what if, but what like, if? That's, that's, just, that's, that's just one a, of those. That's one of the ones that would have. Like it's so it hard. Was, it was going to be stupid. Cause Trust I don't want to say the word dwell, but for what we were doing and for all the people that you hear like using our lingo or sound, like even now, like. That's a that's Frisco. That's Bay music. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's our sound. You're trying to pass on and, and pawn is yours. Like right, real talk. We know it because we lived it. We Frisco were there, never but. never got the full credit it deserves because like it was on that cusp and then just too yeah, many a lot of things stuff. happened. Just politics, man. Yeah. Just happened, man. Politics, just all the street shit. Yeah, all the street um, shit. Fuck it up. Speaking of that, you know, with all the misfortunes that befell you, mm -hmm. um. Was there ever a point when you personally felt 
that like your heart wasn't in it anymore. Or maybe yeah. maybe you thought to yourself like, oh, maybe it just ain't meant to be. I mean, he just right said what he didn't want to produce right anymore. Right after Mr. C, yeah, right right so. C died, I didn't want to do anything. Really, I was, you know, I, I give it up to Craig Callum at Atlantic Records. He he, he believed in yeah, He believed fan, him. Right? He was like, man, I, I know that. you the man behind the music. You know, won't you? You know, I'm still ready. I'm a, we gonna, you know, we're gonna definitely have to, you know, chop some numbers and do whatever, but I'm still wanting willing to do the deal with you. You know, if you're willing to get with Hitman and just put the, you know, I want him to take his place, but if you're willing to get with Hitman, you know, he's dope, you know, because he was a Craig Callum was a big fan of us, you know. He, you said he got you a good deal, right? Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. a nice deal, man. It was the one at the RBL, even after Mr. C passing, even though he cut the numbers and rearranged everything, still, he still <laughs> made it. He, still he left a whole lot of sense. meat on the bone okay. for me. It was, it was really nice. It was nice. But he ended up leaving Big Beat and got a bigger position over at Atlantic. Yeah. And he left and he ended up putting us with Mike Karen. And that, that Mike Karen was kind of into East Coast. Coast. Here, right? yeah. yeah, he kind of, <laughs> he wasn't the right he wasn't person doing for us. He wasn't put the right you guys on. Nah, he started trying to, won't you do stuff like Master P and all like, all like that mm. no limit stuff that yeah. was going on. It was like, man, Craig signed us because of what I do. Yeah, right? exactly. And I don't want you guy getting all these producers. He wanted me to, Get beats from and that just it just wasn't right. This is right. kind of the West Bo West Coast bad boy time where he kind of wanted you to fuck with P and shit um, too. Kind of really. Nah, it was like they, nah, it was a no limit time when they was down there. They were already down there. They was Master P was gone down there doing his thing, and he was wanting us to make songs kind of like that. And I was just like, man, he don't he don't even get it. Yeah, because he wasn't a fan of RBL. Yeah, you know, he was an East Coast guy. He liked it like the Wu Tangs and all the other stuff that was going on. So he really didn't care for us like that. So Craig was gone into bigger and better things and he kind of left us there and then we, we was bumping heads with it. And that's why the deal, we only did one album. We had a three album, we had two mandatory. It was a three album deal. It went from five to three. It was two mandatory and then one optional, depending on how the other two went. Mm -hmm. And we didn't even get to do the second one because yeah. of the bumping heads with Man. Mike Karen, you know what I mean? I can just imagine what would have been if those five <laughs> <Yeah>. got completed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Motherfucking shit out.